This is episode 156 of the Beyond the Food Show, and today we're going to talk about the seven lessons that I learned in my journey towards body acceptance. So if you're struggling with body image, this is the show for you to tune in. My name is Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist. I reversed my diagnosis of anxiety, depression, adrenal fatigue, and obesity by going beyond the food. I can tell you one thing, that willpower, discipline, and deprivation aren't the permanent solution to transforming your relationship to food. So how do you leave overeating, emotional eating, food craving, and binging behind you so you have the food freedom to achieve all of your goal and be happy now? As a top 25 alternative health podcast in the world, this is the Beyond the Food Show. I have created an audio training entitled How to Change Any Eating Habit, specifically the one that is sabotaging you. Three strategies to create the consistency and confidence you need to change your eating habit without willpower or discipline. I did this in order to help women like yourself engage with food in a completely different perspective so that they stop craving, overeating, binging, and using food to feel better. You can put an end to the cycle of frustration, the all-or-nothing mindset, and shame towards your own body and become a motivated, consistent, focused, and self-loving version of yourself. This free audio training is about the why we eat, how we eat, so that the what we eat can be easy, effortless, and pleasurable. So if you are ready to step into the new version of yourself so that you can change how you interact with food, head over to stephaniedodzie.com slash training right now. Ladies, Stephanie Dozier here, and today it's my seven lessons that I learned through accepting my body. And it's through a concept that I'll talk to you about that is now my proprietary method within the academy called body neutrality. But it will explain it all as I go through my seven lessons, how I came to that place of body neutrality versus what we all hear about these days, which is called body positivity, and why body positivity didn't work for me. And through my observation with my clients and my patients, it doesn't work with a lot of women who've had long-standing body image struggle. So... I came up with that concept of body neutrality, which is the bridge between body shaming and body positivity. Well, we'll get into this. What I want to do first is talk about the Going to Beyond the Food Project, which is officially open now for registration. And I want to answer some questions that we've been filtering about the Going to Beyond the Food Project and make it clearer for everyone. So if you're new to this audience, you likely didn't know that last year we had an online conference. So let me tell you what an online conference is. 
Imagine that you have a professional conference. You're going to in a standard big building, a downtown of a city where you pay for two days, likely Saturday and Sunday, and go from room to room to room listening to different speakers talk about a common subject for the conference. Whatever you're there for, it is healthcare or gaming, all the speakers talk about that topic. Well, the Going to Be on the Food Project is that, but it's online, which allows us to bring down the cost tremendously and be able to offer it to you for free. So the Going to Be on the Food Project is an online conference with 21 speakers who are going to speak about going beyond the food within their area of expertise. So we're going to narrow down the Going Beyond the Food topic to... Example, pain management. So we have Brandon, which is a specialist of chronic pain, which he treats in his facility. And we know that chronic pain is one of the top two reasons why women eat emotionally, because they're in pain. So the root cause reason why we eat emotionally, part of it is chronic pain. So I brought in a specialist to talk about how we can resolve chronic pain. These are the people that I meet in the course of the years into the different event and professional conferences that I go to that I find that their point of view is outstanding and blends within the work that we do here. And I bring them on stage virtually to talk to you ladies. We are able to do this for free because of the virtual aspect of it. So when you register, it costs you nothing. And then you're going to get 48 hours, not 24, 48 hours to watch the 23 interviews for free. So we're going to release them starting October 8th, right through to October the 18th. And every time we're going to release three to four talks, you're going to have 48 hours to watch them. And then the next day, we're going to release three more. And then the next day, three more. So that gives you plenty of time to watch them. Okay. Now, there is also a component for those of you who, for whatever reason, from October 8th to the 19th, you can't commit to watch those talks, but you want to watch them or you don't have enough time or you want to keep those talks, those recording so that you can review them. So there is a package that we sell at $67 right up to October the 8th. That's going to allow you to own all the recording. So we're going to host for you all the video recording, the audio and the extra bonus from all the speakers into our online learning platform. We're going to give you access to it. And anytime for a lifetime, you want to go and review those talks. It's going to be there for you. You can also download them to your own computer. That's called the upgraded package. So you get free access, but you can purchase the upgraded package. Currently $67. It's going to go up when we start the conference on October the 8th to $97. And then by the end of the conference, it's going to be $197. You can also purchase at the same time, if you want to add this on, all the talks from last year. So that's the empowerment package. So you'll have this year's 
plus all the talks from last year as well. So if you're into that phase where you're like really trying to cultivate all those notions, it may be something you're interested in listening to. Now, who are the speakers from this year? So I'm able to share that with you this year. I'm not going to share them all with you because the next episode will be dedicated to that. But let me just give you some of the topics that we're going to talk on the Going to Beyond the Food online conference, which you have access for free for 48 hours. We're going to talk about betrayal and the impact of it on your relationship to food with Dr. Debbie Silver. We're going to talk about how you engage with your mindset from a positive or negative stance and how it impacts your relationship to your body and to food. And that's going to be with someone that you may know, but has never talked about this publicly. Her name is Sean Miner from the Keto for Women show on iTunes. She's obviously talking about keto normally, but... She has behind all of this a huge component of mindset that she doesn't talk about. And I forced her into talking about that. So we're going to talk about positive mindset with Sean. We're going to have also the impact of cancer on our health and our relationship to food. We're going to have Irene Lyon is going to be back and we're going to talk about shame and trauma. Alex and Megan from Zesty Ginger are going to come in and talk about something that we all have that I think we don't pay attention to enough, which is our cycles and what we can learn from our female cycle and how that influence our relationship to food. Then we're going to have a couple of scholars that are going to come in out of the research and the laboratory and their teaching. Dr. Linda Gregg Head is a phenomenal researcher on appetite. So she's going to come and share with us the latest research and discovery on what is appetite and how do we impact it through our behavior. We're also going to have somebody that you don't know, but you have a lot to gain to know. Her name is Rosa Rago, a very old friend of mine who normally doesn't work online, but she's came out to talk about the whole concept of self-love. So that's what she do. That's what she teach. That's what she helped me with back in the days. And she's going to come and share that with you. I have Dr. Carolyn Ross that's coming back to talk about binge eating. Dr. Rhonda Epstein is coming back and she's going to talk about food addiction. One more talk I want to mention before we get to the show. It's a Swedish lady that I met in Spain, right? That's really international, right? Her name is Bitten Johnson. She's a registered nurse and she is going to talk about sugar addiction, but it's going to be extra special because she puts me through her assessment tool that she used to assess people on sugar addiction and the results are going to blow your mind. I quickly shared it on Instagram this week, but I'm going to keep it secret until her talk is coming up, but you will want to tune in for this one. So we have a whole bunch of other speakers that are going to talk about body image and health topics that all relate to going beyond the food. So I highly recommend that you come and register for free 
and join us inside of the project. Now, switching gear and talking about the seven lesson that I learned in accepting my body. And I want to shadow that in saying that I'm doing this from a place of vulnerability. So what you're going to hear is very personal, but it's also going to help you understand how the going to beyond the food method was born and how it can actually help you because what I learn from it is what I teach. So if the lesson that I learn are things that you would like to have in your life, so you definitely want to consider the going to beyond the food method because that's exactly what I teach. And I'm sharing that because more and more of you are leaving reviews on iTunes. So I'm hearing from you, the listener, which is critically important for me. It's letting me know that the type of episode, the type of content I'm putting out is helping you. And recently we've got one from Bendelovich from the United States. And she says, Stephanie will change your life. I cannot speak more highly of Stephanie and her podcast, her wisdom, compassion, honesty, experience, vulnerability, and tough love combined to form a powerful and life-altering resources in every episode. Thank you, Mendel. I really appreciate it. And let it be known that you have fueled this episode because of the impact that the other one had on you. So, you ready to do this, girls? Here's the seven lesson I learned that I teach about now, but my journey in accepting my body. Pre-warning, there is no specific order into which those lessons came. They were just what I noted and what I'm going to talk about. Number one, the time I spent focusing on trying to change my body I was avoiding other things. And that was by far the biggest ha-ha moment, fundamental life-changing moment, for those that are not familiar with ha-ha moment, that I had through this entire journey of accepting my body. I was hyper-focused on trying to fix myself in the area of physical body, because I didn't want to focus on my emotion. I didn't want to focus on how I got to be where I was. I didn't want to feel pain. I didn't want to feel sadness. I didn't want to feel things that are associated with or were associated with the way that I saw my body. So I kept focusing on trying to fix myself, my weight, then came my hormone, then came my health in general, my gut health. I did every protocol possible. I spent well over $50,000 on testing, flying to see doctors, therapists, all kinds of things personal trainers, trying to find the reason why my physical body was never 
good enough. It was never thin enough. It was never muscular enough. It wasn't never lean enough. Whatever I was focusing on, it was never achieved. I was never getting there because I was trying to fix myself. By doing that and putting so much effort into that, into dieting and finding the new way and reading the new book, I didn't spend time quiet with myself. So I wasn't seeing what was really going on. Now, this is one of the most common subconscious behavior that I observe in people that are, if you remember the last show, in the contemplation stage of change. So in the last episode, 155, I talk about the different stages of change. And when women are stuck, that was the thematic of the show, why we're stuck and what to do. When we are in contemplation, we typically are focused on changing our physical body because we're really avoiding to see what's inside of us, our emotion. And we think that all the solution being offered by like me, for an example, ain't going to work for them because they have to punish themselves harder for their body to be in the physical shape that they want it to be. The same thing with me, right? I didn't think that, quote unquote, doing nothing, right, that if I didn't go to the gym six days a week, if I didn't eat 1,200 calories a day, I would deserve a body that was quote unquote acceptable. So from that place, I kept being tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher on myself because I didn't deserve it. So I had to punish myself. And part of it was hating my body and shaming my body when I walked in front of a mirror and having that negative self-talk in my head, not buying myself clothes because I didn't deserve it, not going to places because my body wasn't good enough, not interacting with potential partners because my body wasn't good enough, not going on stages to do my work because as a nutritionist, my body shouldn't look like that. It took a lot of courage for me to actually jump on stage, not having the perfect nutritionist body, right? Because I didn't deserve it, right? So all this time focusing on my physical body, I was avoiding looking at my self-esteem, my self-worth, my negative self-talk pattern. That's what I didn't want to see, didn't want to deal with because in part, that couldn't be the answer. It's too easy. You mean I don't need to go to the gym six days a week? You need, I don't need to restrict myself. That makes no sense. I'm so bad. I have to work harder than this because I don't deserve it. I know that's resonating with a lot of you because that is the most common pattern that keep women in the body shaming, body image, trigger, pain, suffering. You don't think your worth is that simple will be the answer. 
So that was my number one learning. So I had to get over that to be able to accept my body. The second lesson that I learned is one word, spirituality. And that was in part what I was avoiding. So back to number one, I had a little history on me. Back to the age of about 14 or 15, I'm not sure exactly when, I have this flashback memory of me standing in church. I was born in a Roman Catholic religion background. And I was standing in church. And I remember the priest doing his talking at the front and talking about, this is going to offend some people, but we've got to remember, this is back in the days, how colored people weren't equal to us and how homosexual and gay weren't not people worth the Catholic religion, all that stuff, right? You know, the old prejudice that the Catholic religion was holding. And that, I still remember watching him saying those things and saying to myself, this is not who I want to be. This is not what I believe. This is not who I want to be. I cannot take part in this religion anymore. And I walked away. So at the age of 14, 15, in my head, religion and spirituality were a bad thing. So I disconnected completely from that, did not have any faith, did not practice anything, thought that I was alone in this world. I didn't have any support from a higher power. And that lasted till the age of about 38 years old. And learning to accept my body, I had to reintegrate faith in my belief. And this is when I discovered that spirituality does not have to be an organized religion. I didn't even know that could be possible, right? I thought if I'm spiritual, that means I'm religious. That means I'm still associated with the church that I was born into. I don't want to be part of their belief. That's not who I am. So how can I be spiritual if I'm not in an organized religion? So I had to educate myself and separate the two, right? If you want to know more about this, you can go back to podcast 101. But the concept of spirituality brought two things in my life. The concept of faith, the concept that there is a higher power that's looking after me and that everything that happens in my life is for the best intention of myself, including my body. So there is something for me to learn from this experience of being in a fat body about myself. And that's going to make me grow. So I want to repeat that. The lesson of spirituality for me brought the concept of faith, which I had lost. It brought me peace because I knew I wasn't alone. There was something, someone else looking after me And it brought me to the place of everything happens for a reason and for my best intention, including being in this body. I had something to learn from this. In my case, for some women, it's about educating their daughter, their son about body image. And that's why they're struggling with their own. For me, it was in my profession. It was for me to work on the stigma of weight and dieting within the nutrition world and what we should be really focused on over and above nutrition. 
That nutrition does not have to be that complicated when we heal the reason why we eat. So that's a big lesson and that number two. Number three, the lesson that I learned is that the kinder I was with myself, the easier it became to make good choices. Now, good choices aren't associated with weight loss. Good choices are choices that take care of me as a whole person, mind, body, spirit, and physical body, right? The way that I ate was easier. I didn't have to worry about rules, regulation, restriction, counting calories, counting macros, because I was naturally making better choices because I had a compassionate relationship with myself. I had a respectful relationship with myself. Therefore, I didn't want to be bloated. The desire to not want to be bloated was bigger than the desire of eating stuff that made me bloated. How did that happen? When the pendulum swing, swing from hating myself, self-hatred, to self-compassion. I didn't have to force myself into making better choice. It naturally, intuitively happened. And it spread through my whole life, not just with food, with everything. In lesson number one, I talked to you about going to the gym six days a week. It was worse than that. There was a period of my life where I was at the gym every day, and then I was in hot yoga every day too. I spent between two to three hours a day working out with the intention of modifying my physical body. That is not self-compassionate. But when I started to develop that relationship with myself of compassion, I realized that this was too much. Like I was exhausted all the time. I was nearly passing out at the end of the day in a hot yoga session because I had no energy left and my body was tired. I couldn't do that anymore if I respected myself. Now, did that happen by clicking a finger? No. This is changes over time. But the first thing I had to do was to educate myself on what is self-compassion. The term in itself didn't mean anything to me. So I denied it. When people talked about self-compassion, I just like brushed it off out of ignorance because I was ignorant in that field. So I had to read books. I had to do some exercise. I had to do different things to learn what is self-compassion? What does that look like? And how do I transition to that place of self-compassion? That was part of the journey. That's basically the fundamental principle behind the going to beyond the food method, right? That's what I teach over a three month period is starting to get to know you starting to understand different principle that you should have had in place in your life, such as self compassion, but you don't for X, Y, Z reason. And then let's learn about it now. And let's start implementing into our life. Now I want to take a side note here to say that 
the more and more I do this type of work with you, the listeners, my clients, my patient, I am certain, I cannot say I have scientific proof, but I am certain from clinical observation in my patient's population, you, the typical 35, 40 years old plus women, strong, professional, that body image is one of the primary cause of eating behavior. That it is binge eating, emotional eating, compulsive eating, dieting. That component of not engaging with your body from a place of compassion is causing the eating behavior. So it's kind of the root, root cause, right? We say like, Willpower is just like a band-aid on the eating behavior. So in the going beyond the food method, we look below that. We look at your thoughts. We look at your emotion, your story. And then we quickly realize that one of the biggest pain we have is our relationship with our body. So I have decided to take that module out of the academy and teaching it on its own. Because I realize that some of you, for multiple reasons, cannot come in the academy, but you have to have to have this concept of body neutrality if you have any hope of healing your relationship to food. So September 26, 2018, so I don't know when you're listening to that, but if you're in and around like when this podcast was released, September 26, I'm extracting for the first time this module out of the academy, the module called Body Neutrality, aka Body Acceptance, and I'm going to be teaching it on its own. So I'm going to teach you what it is, how to apply it in your life, some exercise, all that stuff. This is going to be a paid course. This is going to be a two-hour live teaching doing some exercise together to be able to understand and apply the concept of body neutrality. So if you're interested into that and you're live with me before September 26, you can go to the show note, uh, stephaniedoze.com slash 156 and register there. There's a link. Or if you're listening to this after September 26, say, oh my God, did I miss this? That's okay. We're going to either record it or do it live every month. I'm not too sure where we're going with this. This is the first time I'm doing this based on requests and needs. So if you're listening to this after September 26, still go to stephaniedoze.com slash body neutrality and something is going to be there for you to know how you can get this education. So we were halfway through our seven lessons. So I'm going to recap here. Lesson number one, was about the time that I spent on trying to change my physical body, I was really avoiding other things such as my emotion. Lesson number two, I had to bring back spirituality in my life. Lesson number three, the kinder I was with myself, the easier it became to make good choices to take care of me. Lesson number four, That was a challenging one, but one that happened with the click of a finger once I got it. People are afraid of different. People in the world in general are afraid of anything different. That it is your weight, your height, 
the color of your skin, the way you speak, your political belief, anything that is different from what they know as their throat, they're afraid. So that explains why when you have a body that doesn't fit what society think we should all look like, people feel uncomfortable. Because you don't fit what they know to be the truth, so they get very uncomfortable. And this uncomfortability shows up into anger, rudeness, negative comment, shaming, whatever, how they express their uncomfortability. Now, it's important to note that a great proportion of humans don't know how to manage their emotion, okay? Which leads us, in our case, to emotional eating, right? So they don't know the purpose of emotion. They don't know how to manage their emotion. So they look at you with a different body. They go to their brain and they say, that's not a normal body. I'm afraid. So I'm just going to regurgitate on that person shame because I don't know what to do with this uncomfortable feeling. So I'm going to lash out at them. Now, when you learn to get accustomed with your emotion, you learn that the feeling of uncomfortable is not something that you should fear. It's just like, oh, that's interesting. Why do I feel like this? You won't lash out to people. So when people do lash out at you or people do judge you or look at you, know that really it's not about you. It's about them and their inability to deal with different. Now, I want to also pause and put into this lesson, I had to understand that the way that society wants us to look and be, currently the model for female is thinness, right? It's only temporary. By that, I mean 150 years ago, Fat women, round women, if fat makes you feel uncomfortable, round women were the bomb. They were the stars. They were the women that were on paintings and they were the women on pictures because back in these days, 150 years ago, that was the model of beauty. So just happened to have been born in a century that isn't focus on fatness, it's focused on thinness, right? So currently the social model is thinness. And when you don't fit into it, then people feel uncomfortable because that's not what they're being taught. But realize that if you were in a different century, it would be different. So does that really make you a quote unquote bad person? No, because if you would have been born 150 years ago, it would be no problem. I'll go even further to say that if you were today to go in certain country in this world that still to this day put value on a fat body for female, you would be the prize bride. Like you would be the woman that the man would want to marry because your body and his culture is valued as a strong body to bear children. You just happen to be born in a society 
likely a what we call modern society in North America, or European or Australia that doesn't value fatness. It values thinness at this point. So I had to learn all of that. I had to learn, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, the concept of health at every size. For me to then be in a place of choice of what I wanted to be. Because up to this point of me learning that lesson, I didn't think I had a choice that working for my tinness was a mandatory thing that I had to do because there was no other possibility. So the moment that I realized the standards of society, the moment that I realized that the reason why people were looking at me weird or they were shaming me was simply because they were uncomfortable with different based on what society is teaching them. That was a huge relief on my shoulder. I'm like, okay, so you mean that I actually have a choice of chasing tinness or not? Wow. Which then lead me to the next lesson, which is weight doesn't equal health. Because when I learn about the fact that I had a choice of chasing tinness or not, then my scientific brain took over and my nutrition training took over and then my healthcare training took over and says, well, well, hold on a minute here. You've been taught your entire life that obesity is the number one driver of disease and death, that obesity have to be fought at all costs. Then I don't have a choice. I have to chase thinness. So I had to go into this fifth lesson of learning that weight doesn't equal health. And I got there from a place of a group that teaches that model that's called health at every size. You've heard me talk about that a couple times, but Health at Every Size as an organization driven by a dietitian named Linda Bacon that has three key principles. Celebrate body diversity, which means honoring different sizes, age, race, ethnicity, gender, disability, etc., etc. Number 2, critical awareness. Challenge scientific and cultural assumption. What I just talked about in lesson number five, right? Challenge what you believe to be a truth, right? Such as body image through century and cultural expectation of body. And the fundamental principle number three of health at every size is compassionate self-care, So instead of making choices from a place of wanting to change your body is making choices to move and to eat that drives love and compassion towards yourself. When I discovered health at every size and I stumble upon that, I'm like, you mean to tell me that there is people who know all of this already? Why has nobody told me about this? Right. So I started digging in into. So what do you mean to say that obesity is not dangerous? I'm like, oh, how can that be? Right. Because we've been told that all the time. So I'm not going to get into all the details. So if you're a nerd and want to know the science, go and Google health at every size, go to their website. There's a ton of supported studies, but I'm just going to give you two highlights of that. 
There is considerable scientific evidence supporting the health at every size principle and establishing that obesity is not the health risk that has been reported. They did a study, they being the health at every size group, against traditional weight loss versus the three key principles that I told you, which is celebrate body diversity, critical awareness, and compassionate self-care. And two years of study showed that the dieters that had followed the traditional model had regained their weight, which we know to be the truth, right? 90% of the people that go on a diet regain their weight within one to five years. So the study showed exactly that. They lost weight at first, but then they regained it all and lost the health improvement that they had made. They had many markers. One of them was blood pressure, for an example. So they had regained their prior status of blood pressure. While the health at every size group didn't really lose weight, but they sustain and improve health markers. How can that be? Right? I was like, how can that be? Right? Really, when you think about this, what I realize is that obesity is not a disease. Like, you don't catch obesity by a virus. You don't get obesity. You have a big body, right? For a multitude of reasons. But that doesn't really mean that you're unhealthy. And then I started to regain weight and my health marker didn't change. I'm like, oh my God. I had the same health profile that I had when I was thinner. I didn't have a higher blood pressure. I didn't have higher cholesterol. I didn't have higher inflammation marker. I was the same as when I was thin. I'm like, oh my God, this is proving what this group is saying, health at every size, that obesity is not the cause of health degradation, if you want. And then I realized that it's not the volume of food you eat that's a problem. It's the quality of the food you eat, among other things, right? Or the fact that you aren't moving your body at all because you're so exhausted of having worked it so much six days a week, twice a day, that now you're in a phase where you don't want to do anything because you overworked it. And that's what's causing the problem because now you're so exhausted and tired of it that you don't want to work it anymore. You don't want to move, even go for a walk. You're like, no. So I realized that by chasing tinnitus, I was actually creating more health problems. The fact wasn't in a number on the scale, but it was with the motivation of the behavior behind it that was causing me to do or not do some things. So I highly encourage you to go to Help at Every Size site and do your own research. You can get a book from them. For me, I have read this book probably four or five times to capture all this information to understand that your health does not equal your weight on the scale. Then you can make a choice, right? You can make a choice of what do I really need to do to be healthy? Is it the amount of food that I eat or is it the quality of food that I eat? Is it the chasing of the tinnitus or the peace of mind I can get by not chasing the tinnitus? And how much impact would not chasing tinnitus have on my stress level? How much impact does my stress level have on my health markers? Right? That increase, constant chronic stress, 
is one of the root cause of high blood pressure. It's not obesity that's the cause of high blood pressure. It's stress. So ask yourself, what stresses me in life? Is chasing tinness one of the way I get stress? And what about if I wasn't chasing tinness? Would I have lower level of stress? And what would be the impact of that on my health? We could do an entire show about this. So I'm going to move on because I know this is controversial for many of you. For those of you that feel triggered or irritated by this lesson number five, that means there's something for you to learn in there. So go to that site and find out more. Lesson number six then led me to realize after discovering that weight didn't equal health, I was then prone to realize that tinnitus doesn't equal happiness. And that fatness doesn't equal unhappiness. Let me repeat that. Tinnitus doesn't equal happiness. And fatness doesn't equal unhappiness. Happiness comes from the inside, not the outside. Happiness comes from the inside, not the outside, which means you will never achieve joy, happiness, peace of mind by achieving a physical body goal. A number on the scale, a percentage of body fat, a size of pants will not bring you happiness. Been there, done that. And I had to have a long conversation with myself because I've lost and gained weight in my life many, many times. And then I had to ask myself, was I happier when I was this weight? No. Was I happier when I was this weight? No. Was I happier when I wear size eight? No. So what is happiness then? If it doesn't have to do with my physical body, my weight, where does it come from? That's when I discovered that it was about achieving feelings, not things. That's one of the modules that we have in the academy where we, if you're listening live right now, the student in the academy are going through this lesson right now, which is goal setting, but from a place of feelings. Instead of chasing down 20 pounds, we're chasing a feelings that we want to be and feel. It's a whole novel concept, but Ultimately, that's what life is about. It's about feeling a certain way. And the only way to control the outcome is by focusing on what's inside of you. How you feel is more important than how you look. That was lesson number six. So now we're into the last lesson. We're going to wrap this up with the lesson about body neutrality. It's where it starts and maybe stay. By that, I mean, at first, I was chasing body positivity. So there's a big movement now, some of you may be aware, to go against the social standard of thinness. And some of those activator in the field are promoting body positivity, which is loving your body for what it is and being proud of it. So... For me, who spent 25 years and more hating my body, so it was like deeply ingrained in every cell in my body and in my subconscious mind to go from there to body positive was like mission impossible. And I tried, like I tried for a year to do that and I caused myself more suffering because I couldn't achieve it. I could not 
comply to the standard of body positivity. And I kept trying and I kept trying and I caused myself a ton of suffering. And then I went for many in that same period of time, I was being trained on mindfulness and I went to a retreat that lasted 10 days. It's a Vipassana retreat where they teach you how to meditate in a Vipassana model, enough to say that it's 10 days retrieving the wood in complete silence with no interaction from the external world. And I realized that neutrality was the place to be. Meaning there was a space between my behavior of shaming myself and being body positive, And that space was called body neutrality. Meaning you are okay with the way you are and you are focused on being grateful for your body instead of pride. Now, funny enough, when you apply body neutrality and you practice into it, you become detached from what your body looks like. You're not proud. You're not shame. It's just what it is. So you end up expressing a lot of the same behavior as body positivity teaches, which is example to go wherever you feel like it, wearing the clothes that you want, not be ashamed of your body, right? Body neutrality teaches the same thing. It teaches you to put a tank top on when it's 105 degrees out there because it's bloody hot and you're sweating. So the less clothes on your body, the better. We'll stay within social acceptability and wear a tank top, but you get my point. You wear the tank top not because you want to show your arms, but you wear the tank top because it's hot. And you no longer are attached to the way your arms look. You're just more attached about making yourself feel comfortable. The same thing with the relationship to the bathing suit. And I see that all the time when I teach the academy, which includes the body neutrality in the summertime. Because when we get to lesson seven, which is body neutrality, then I start seeing posts about women who for the first time in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, wore a bathing suit in public. They didn't do it because I told them they had to. They did it because their entire family was going to the lake or to the beach and they wanted to be with their family and they were not going to wear their pants and their shirt anymore to the beach. They were going to wear a bathing suit like everybody else and go in the lake in the ocean. That's body neutrality. So that was a huge revelation for me. And then I realized while teaching it, I started teaching that concept that I had practiced for myself in January of this year in the round two of the Going Beyond the Food Academy. And it was a revelation because everyone else had this huge transformation when we got to body neutrality. So that's a huge takeaway from you. If you haven't yet explored body neutrality, do so. I have a podcast about 20 or so episode ago on body neutrality. Go check that out. There's also the course I'm going to give on body neutrality if you're listening live on September 26th. So I highly recommend you consider that. And yes, it is paid because you will learn more behind a paid model. That's just the way we know that student function, right? When you pay, you're committed, you're involved. So there's going to be a small fee 
for that mini course that we're going to teach. Or if you're listening to that later, go to stephaniedozi.com slash body neutrality and see where we're at with this course. So these were my seven lessons that I learned in my journey of body acceptance. If you're asking me where you are now, I am at a place of body neutrality with no ambition of going anywhere else. I no longer stop to do anything because of my body. Am I the one who's going to go and activate and march in the street and show up downtown the big city to do a march on body positivity in my bathing suit? No, that's not me. That's not where I am right now. Maybe I'll be there in the future and maybe three years from now we'll have a different conversation. But today I'm at a place where I am okay with the way my body is. And it's no longer an obstacle. It's no longer a cause of stress. It's just what it is. And I have compassion for me and gratefulness for my body. So I'm going to turn around the question to you and say, where are you in your journey of body acceptance? So chime up on Instagram, chime up on Facebook. Let me know where you are or leave a review for the show like Mendelevich did. And let me know how this episode impacted you and where you are in your journey. We have some great show coming up. I have an opportunity for some of you to get live coaching on the show. So if you have been wanting to work with me and you would like to get some one-on-one coaching, I'm going to do hopefully some live coaching with some of you listening right now. So you can go to my website, stephaniedozie.com slash live coaching and just fill up a quick form and then we'll contact you and hopefully schedule a life coaching that we're going to publish here on the podcast to help you and other women who are being challenged with the same challenges as you. I hope this episode helped you. I love you. And I look forward to see you on the next episode. Do you eat for other reason than hunger? Maybe eating because you are stressed, frustrated, bored, or because you think you deserve it. I struggled with craving, overeating, and even binging on healthy food, no matter what diet I was on. Keto, paleo, organic, whole food, nothing stopped it. And maybe you feel the same. Tired of dieting, over-exercising, and yet another fad program. Or maybe you're overeating and binging and wish you could just be a normal eater. I thought I was alone. I was sick and tired of being a victim of my food urges. Who wouldn't be? Do you feel stuck with your eating and body right now? I want you to know one thing. You are not alone. You aren't broken. If food hasn't been going the way you've planned, know this. It is not your fault. Sadly, most women keep repeating the cycle of yo-yo dieting because they rely on old strategy like restriction, discipline, and the worst one of all, willpower. Perhaps you believe in eating more intuitively and would love to trust yourself around food, but are afraid of trying because honestly, you just don't trust yourself or worse. You've tried before and you fail. 
So that's why I want to peel back the curtain and show you exactly how I changed my relationship to food and the one of my client going from overeating, binging and emotional eating to food freedom. And quite frankly, it is completely different from anything you've heard before. Claim Your Food Freedom is a 21-day journey to dissolve the hidden blocks, the emotional blocks that keep you stuck and finally stop sabotaging yourself with food. Claim Your Food Freedom is a four-step mapping process that will take you from where you are now to food freedom. You see, everything will change the moment you are willing to see beyond the food and understand why you eat. It's about transforming why and how you eat so what you eat becomes easy, natural, and peaceful. Health, well-being, self-confidence, satisfaction, and success are all byproduct of you looking beyond the food to unlock your food freedom. Plus, I'll coach you on specific roadblock that may get in the way from you being free from food. Probably the things that made you fail before. The constant hate on your body, the all or nothing attitude, aka perfectionism, fear of failure, or even shame. And lastly, time management. If you are ready to step into a new version of yourself that eats normally and is at peace with food and maybe even your body, head over to www.claimyourfoodfreedom.com and I'll see you on the other side.